all you hoteliers out there, and welcome to episode 199 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host and course superintendent, Pete DeMeo. Working with me on the course today is old man Phil Fariska, the course <laughs> ranger who's going to make sure you're not playing too slow. <laughs> yes, bringing it to golf. Yeah, we, I right think up we had my alley. So, yeah, so uh, Phil, you're a golfer. I'm a golfer. If you wanted to surprise our listeners, what is one tip you would tell our fellow golf listeners of how to either keep the ball in the fairway better or improve their sand game? Find that perfect amount of beer. That's a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Speaking of that, what are you drinking? Because this is actually a afternoon podcast, so it's not the morning podcast. We can have some, some beer and have some fun. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying a uh, Sweetwater IPA right now. That's a good choice. I'm, what about you? I've got a glass of Bullet Rye. Ooh. So I've been diving into the the world of of ryes and bourbons and learning what I like and I don't like. I'll tell you what that 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 bottle of bourbon that you gave me was probably one of my favorite bourbons that I've had. That was Basil Hayden, right? It was. That's good stuff. I really enjoy that. My favorite is. For like an everyday drinking bourbon is Angel's Envy. Okay, not to give it a shot. Very good, very good. So, but yeah, so we're into episode one ninety nine. We are literally ready for this one episode away from our bicentennial episode. How cool is that? That's awesome, and we have some surprises in store for you all. We do. So we're gonna we're gonna be doing a AMA. We've, we're asking that everybody send in their questions in advance to either you know, podcast at travelboommarketing.com, info at, however you want to reach us, or from a social media perspective, reach us there. And let us know something that we should answer. We've got some, some people that you're probably familiar with coming back to, to join us on the podcast, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Probably drink a lot of uh, sweet water and a lot of bullet and have a whole bunch of fun for our 200th yeah. episode. I'm 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 excited. I think it's going to be great. I think you're all going to love it, and uh, yeah, I think you're right, Pete. I think we're going to have uh, quite a few drinks in us. Yep, and we're going to be recording in the evening, which is a first for us because uh, it had to work out that way. So it would be more whimsical and tomfoolery ish, all kinds of fun stuff. We're bringing back all kinds of tomfoolery. It's all coming back. So. <laughs> But yeah, so before we get to episode 200, we got to get through 199. And when I say get through it, it's it's going to be awesome because it's one of my episodes and we're going to be talking about email marketing. We're going to be talking about why it's not a free marketing source and you need to make sure you're taking care of your email database. And if you're not, we're going to talk about the three things that you can do to recover from a poor marketing strategy if you if you went down that road for your, from your email perspective. But before we dive into that, let you guys know that if you want to follow along to both the show notes and the article, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, and everything is going to be right there in episode 199. So there you go. We're about to dive into this. But before we even get into the meat of the topic today, we have one really stellar newsaroo. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news a All right. Guess what, people? We came out with study number 13 of our travel sentiment study. Um, 
evaluating how the average traveler feels about COVID, whether they're traveling, why they're traveling, why they're not traveling, what they love, what they hate, and what they want to know. Uh, we're going to save that breakdown for a different podcast, but we're pulling a stat out for you early. This is your sneak peek into sentiment study number 13, um, focusing specifically on the Delta variant. Obviously, it's been taking over the news lately, and it's been impacting our industry. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen cancellations start to rise a bit. Um, so we asked people whether or not they would, whether or not the Delta variant is impacting their decision to travel. And we asked, you know, hasn't affected my travel plans. I'm hesitant. I won't be traveling because of the variant or a write-in. Well, we found that 13.6% of respondents will not travel due to the Delta variant and 31.6 are hesitant to book. So we're talking about what 45%, almost 50% of people are, are rethinking their travel plans because of the Delta variant. Yeah. And this one should scare us a little bit, whether you think that the Delta variant is as big of a deal as it is or is not is irrelevant what this what i take away from this is we got a little over 2000 responses back on this survey and phil like you said roughly 50 percent are either hesitant or not going to travel because of the delta variant sitting here myself kids are coming home from school they've already shut down several schools for a two-week uh not quarantine but virtual learning experience to let everything pass by so you know, we talked about it a year and a half ago, just two weeks. It's almost coming back to that now. And this should give us all pause. This is this is concerning because we've already lived through this once. And it looks like this might be something that's happening again. So think about the things that worked when COVID first came around. What did you do in 2020 that worked? And more specifically, what did you trip over and what did not work? And let's make sure we fix that because... Whether COVID Delta variant is a big deal or not, it is to your guests, and that's what matters. Yep, it is in the 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 public zeitgeist. So un- understand that there are people, almost fifty percent of people, who show concern at the very least, and others are now too afraid to travel. So that's the news aru for today. And there's a lot more great data like that when we. Uh, when we come out with the full podcast episode breaking down that study, uh, you'll hear a lot more about how the Delta variant is affecting travel and, and what's going on in the uh, in the minds of our consumers. Yep. And it's not just the minds of our consumers. It's the minds of a traveler. These are people who are typically vacation travelers, but they're your guests. So you have to think about it that way. And what do you need to do to change the way you're communicating with your guest to make them feel comfortable? Because the data says right now that they're not comfortable for sure, and we need to find a way to, to alleviate their fears. Or, or maybe we attack the ones who are not afraid to travel, and we hit them with what they want. And you'll learn all that later. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so, well, nice. Pete, Pete we got, uh, we're, we're hitting, uh, hitting you with a new segment again. Um, this is one of my favorite new segments of the show, 60 seconds of success. 
can you break down an awesome marketing tip within 60 seconds? Hey, actually, before we begin that, so I downloaded a race car sound, or should we use the laser sound that you just heard me make with my mouth hole? I like them. I like the laser sound. It's, but... it's the laser sound. It, that's more of a, a Powerpuff Girls type sound, but I feel like that would make a lot of sense. It's, it's very fitting for you, Pete. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so here we go. I'm going to start my timer right now. i got to switch over from stop. i got to switch over to go to stopwatch. All right, so here we go, 60 seconds starting now. Make the most of Google's Data Studio. I feel like this is one of those things that Google's rolled out. It's a great tool. It's been out for a while, but I don't know that a lot of people have adopted it the way that they should. And Data Studio is incredibly easy to use. Just go to datastudio.google.com. And from there, it's going to already be integrated with your existing Google Analytics account, assuming that you're logging in in the same way. And you can create either templated or from scratch reports that highlight specific data from Google Analytics, from Supermetrics, or whatever type of data that you want to pull into the system. And the nice thing is it can pull multiple sets of data. So it could be at uh, Google Ads, it could be Supermetrics, Google Analytics, you name the, the source, it can pull it all together and display it in a very visual format that you can then share with your staff without giving them the complexity of having to log into Google Analytics and hunt and peck for data. It will just highlight just what you really want to focus on. And damn it. One minute, nine seconds. I had you at 107, but maybe I stopped mine earlier. Uh, we'll go with yours. So. All right, All cool. Right. So I owe everybody I... seven seconds. <laughs> I think this is a this is fantastic. I think a lot of a lot of you know about Data Studio, but many of you might not. It's an, such a cool tool. Um, it, it, you can pull the the KPIs that you're really concerned with from damn near anywhere. Um, obviously, a lot of the data you're looking for, like Pete said, in Google Analytics and Google Ads. Um, but there's other tools like Supermetrics that can pull it all into some sheet that you create as your data source and you pull it into a very visual report, something that's easy to digest. Uh, this tool is invaluable to us. And, and if you're not using it, Pete, this is a great 60 seconds of success. We highly recommend that you do. If you want some help with that, reach out, with that, we reach out to us and you know maybe we can help you create a report. Yep. And I'll say this about Data Studio is the name of it suggests I need to have my analytics team create this very fancy report and it's probably going to take them hours and hours and hours. The reality is the opposite. Data Studio is made for you to go in and create very simple reports or complex for that matter as well, but it's not difficult. And no, it's it's really easy. If you're if you have any inkling of knowing how to use Google Analytics, it's so easy for you to jump in and just do this yourself. Well, it's fun. I mean, there's there's already pre-existing templates that you can just click and it will automatically give you your data. But what I really like about it is it gives various dynamic fields. So I can go ahead and select last month, this month, just very basic stuff, and it's going to update all my pie charts and graphs and data. And it's perfect for I have a meeting, I want to print out this information for my my C-level or my board or owners, whomever it might be. It makes it very easy. 
to get the important data out of Google Analytics and actually see what it does. Yeah, and you can, I mean, like Pete said, every comparison that you could think of that you would look at in, in Google Analytics, you pull it right into this. You, all right, let me compare how's my revenue compared to last year, compared to last month, compared to, you know, active previous period. You know, you can do any of those things and just pop it all right in there. Super easy, super helpful, very visual. Um, use it if, if you're not. Exactly. All right. So that kind of wraps up all of the housekeeping, 60 seconds to success and newsaroos. And we're ready to dive into episode 199, which is don't let these three pitfalls destroy your hotel email marketing. Dun, 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 pitfall. No, so, I, so because it's 199, I did 199 items. Number one, 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 one. No, 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 no. <laughs> My thought is this will take two weeks to get to episode 200 and we'll just kind of stall. Uh, no, so, so the, re the reason I, I want to really focus on this is I just wrote an article which is called Your Emails Are Failing Your Hotel's Guests and Here's What You Need to Do to Fix It. To put this in perspective, marketers in general are the worst when it comes to having an effective marketing tool and then just beating the crap out of it until it's useless. And hoteliers do this, but all disciplines of marketers do this. And email really gets the brunt of those issues because it's constantly the easiest way to just reach out to everybody. And a lot of times, you know, it's seen as a, a free, I'm doing that in quotes, way to reach your qualified customers. But, you know, there's a saying, Tinstoffel, there's no such thing as a free lunch. It really should be Tinstoffel, which is there's no such thing as a free email. And, he, and, he, and here's why I say that. <laughs> Tinstafe. <laughs> I love it. Maybe I should change the name of the podcast, the title to Tinstafe. You should. <laughs> but, but, you know, Phil, so check this out. So you think that email is free because you have this database. You're already paying for the email platform. But one, it's not free because you paid a ton for your database. Years of marketing, optimizing conversion funnels, paid search, trade shows, wherever you end up getting your email database, guest history, you've invested significantly into that in terms of from a monetary perspective, but then also from a trust perspective. And that kind of leads me to the second reason why it's very expensive to send emails is we're all in that trust business. You know, hoteliers have to earn the trust of their guest before they get them to stay. And if you're abusing your email, I mean, what does that do to what the guest is going to expect you to do when they come to your property? They're going to expect that same level of abuse. Next, number three, reasons why email is actually very expensive is when you abuse your email list, this happens every time that it's abused. You end up having people tune you out. They're not going to be listening to you anymore because you're just noise in the inbox. And when you actually have something important to say, they're going, to, they're going to care less, they're going to move on, and you're never going to get in front of that customer again. Lastly, and I think the worst case scenario, is people become sick of your shenanigans and they completely opt out, which is the death sentence of a marketing campaign. You know, if you get to the point where people are so sick of you being a poor marketer and not respecting their email address, it's not your email address, it's their email address, they're going to opt out and you're toast, you're dead in the water at that point. Yeah, I, I think this is your four points here. 
that you just laid out are awesome. Number one being it's not free. I would imagine you as a hotelier, uh, much like every other hotelier, gets the majority of their email addresses at check-in or when someone books online. Either way, you're getting it from an existing guest, not someone who's interested in your hotel's newsletter. So think about your what your true cost per acquisition is for a true guest. What That's how much you paid for that email address. So treat it as such. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and think of all of Pete's points here. Once you have, once you understand what you truly paid per email address, if 90% of your email addresses on your database came from stays, those were your guests. They can be your guests again. Don't beat them over the head with garbage. Hit them with really targeted messaging, personalized messaging. Make them continue to feel like they are your guest, even when they're back at home checking their email. They'll come back and stay with you. For whatever reason that they traveled to your area, whether it's to see family, whether it's a vacation, um, whether they may be just passing through, maybe they'll just pass through again and they're going to pick you again as long as you treat them the right way. Do not give up that email address you paid so much money for because of poor marketing. That's perfectly stated. I couldn't say it any better myself. But what if you're an idiot and you push the email button a million times and you're starting to see your unsubscribe rate increase, you're starting to see your open rate decrease. Luckily, you're listening to this podcast and it's not over for you. There's some things that you can do, but the first thing you have to do is realize is that- fire that moron that was running your email marketing. They're done, you're out. <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, so so check out this article, which is travelboommarketing.com. Go to the blog area, and it's your emails are failing your hotel guest, and here's what you need to do to fix it. It really talks about three very specific things that all hoteliers or marketers in general can do to make sure that they're able to repair the damage that was done by taking a trip down the lazy marketer's road and not focusing on customer experience first and it is easy to hit send and it's easy to drive demand if you have a soft spot on your occupancy but it does come at a cost and if you start seeing that unsubscribe rate increase anything above a 0.1 percent honestly it should be about a 0.05 percent but anything above a 0.1 percent you need to be a little bit concerned and spend some time figuring out what you're doing wrong. Most likely, whatever the cause is, the reality is the same, and that's your emails are not relevant to the needs or the travel habits of your guests, which means if you're not relevant, you're getting put into the spam folder, and you are going to be turned into all the noise of every email that that person gets in a given day. So all that kind of boils down to a lot of different reasons why you could be becoming ir irrelevant to your guest. But the three top reasons are what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to just dive right in with reason number one. Here it goes. Your spray and pray email style is not what your subscribers want. As marketers, it's so easy to just say, hey, click send. Boom, I fixed my problem. But we're really bad at 
just sending to the full database and using that spray and pray style where it doesn't matter who I hit, I'm going to hit everybody and I'll get enough people, but you're not thinking about, you know, let's say 10, you have a 10% click rate. That means 90% of the people that you sent this email to thought it was irrelevant and didn't want to bother with you. Imagine if you had 10 people standing at your front desk thinking about checking in and you only converted one of those people. That would be a horrible, horrible failure. That's such a wild way to think about it, Pete. But it is, it is so, it's, it's incredibly true. Like don't, spray and pray can work if you do it at the right times. This is not every email you send out. Every email you send out should not be going to your full database. It should be segmented. You should be sending to the right people at the right times. But, you know, occasionally, I think, Pete, you'd agree with me, you try to hit the whole database. You, you, you have to reach people with your, let's say, Black Friday messaging. If you're send, sending out a, you know, the Black Friday Cyber Monday deal, let's see who bites. And then, and then what did you learn from that massive send to the whole database? Were they interested? Were they not? Then you create segments of people from there. Occasionally, the spray and pray is useful. But most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, you need to be sending to small segments of your database, reaching them when they want to be reached with the messaging you know resonates with them. So this might be pedantic, but I would say in that case, you're not doing spray and pray. It's a segment that consists of active subscribers. And I, yeah, that might be you know, playing with words a little bit, but if it's a Black Friday sale and you send it out every year, and you know people are looking for that, if you sent to the entire database, I can see where that makes sense. But short of that, everything should have some type of segment around it. And spray and pray typically doesn't work, but if you've been doing it, I've got a couple things, and we kind of go back and forth, Phil, on this, of what you need to do to fix it. And here's the very first thing you should do. Every message should have be personalized in terms of the audience targeted, and honestly, the creative and content sent, which we can talk about later, there's rarely ever a case where you should just tee up a generic message and send it to everybody. Phil, you hit the perfect example of a Black Friday type sale. But at a bare minimum, consider suppressing current reservations from your offer messages. And here's why I say that, because you think the emails are free. Wait until you send an offer for a data data stay offer that's better than what the person already booked oh my gosh good point how many times have we seen that where it's like i'm gonna cancel and then rebook with this awesome offer you just sent me right well because if you're lucky future guests that's a simple one that's a simple it's a simple segment that you can create of people who have booked stays in the future that don't need to see this email that's that's a simple way to i mean the easiest way we know to minimize the the full send and the most effective way because you're you're gonna get you're gonna get number one you're gonna get pissed off people that there you put a better deal out there uh and and if you don't make it super simple for that that person who booked already to come back and book at the cheaper rate you just sent them i mean that's i would be i would be furious if i was the the person who bought yeah that, that that spend or the cost of that email you got to factor in the fact that yeah you had someone at 
X ADR and they just went ahead and canceled and rebooked at X minus 10% ADR or whatever that might have right. been. So, right. But yeah, and that's the first thing. They would never have known. They would never have known. It's a quick, easy segment. Absolutely. What's the next one? Uh, we got only send when you have something worth sending. Don't send an email weekly because somebody told you to. Don't send on Tuesday afternoon because you heard that was the best time to send an email. Just send when you have a really good offer and you know the the group of your database that could respond to that offer. Exactly. I mean, if, if you are sending out a message just because, hey, I send messages on this date. Look and see if you actually need to, because every time you send a message that's not valid or relevant to the guest, you're dropping the ball and you're becoming less relevant to that guest. So make sure you have something worth sending before you press send. I think that's a, an easy one, but you know, from a marketer's perspective, we want to feel like we're doing things. Sometimes it's better to not do things than to do them for the sake of doing them. And that kind of brings us to the next one is if you do have something to send, create seg a segment of the smallest viable audience. You probably heard this, you know, saying the smallest viable audience for a product or a consumer base, wherever it might be. But in this instance, you know, think about, you know, I, I'll give you a, a good example is, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, we have, you know, properties who decided to send to their entire database a message about a last minute weekend getaway. They press send, went to everybody. But the question became, why did you do that? If you can create in a segment of the smallest viable audience, and in this case, it would be people who are within a certain radius, a people who have not already booked, people who have booked within short lag times when you tie in with your PMS, you know, or, you know, just looking at people who are you know, leisure travelers or not business travelers and hitting those people only with, in this example, a, a last minute getaway, you're going to be hyper relevant to those customers and you're not going to be burdening the people who don't really care or couldn't participate. Yeah, going back what to you're, what you're doing with that strategy, Pete, is you're limiting unsubscribes. And that's what we're what this whole podcast is about. We gotta limit unsubscribes, we've got to limit the people that were annoying with email. That is an easy way to segment your audience, the smallest viable audience. Like Pete just mentioned, all of these things that you need to be looking at for the let's let's call it the weekend getaway type of person. Think about that before you send out to everyone. You don't need to send to everyone. Send to people you know, at, who you know are more than likely to to, to come and, and stay with you in that, you know, like, like like you said, they booked. They booked last minute before. They're going to book last minute again. Let's grab that group of people and send them a personalized message. So, so Phil, I got a pop quiz for you. I I received a email from a concert vis venue on the West Coast about a available inventory, available seats for a concert this weekend. And it wasn't this week. It was, you know, several weeks ago. Do you think I bought a ticket to that concert? Hell no. You're not going to book a last-minute trip to the West Coast. The average person is not going to book a, a, a trip to the West Coast to go see a concert. No. And, no. And, and the thing is, they, they know me. They have my full information. They know my address. 
the minimum that they could do is say, let's send this to people who are within drive distance of the venue because the guy in South Carolina is not coming up to Sacramento Minna to watch a concert. It's, yeah, the guy it, from it South happening. Carolina, if he really wanted to go, he would have known about that concert months in advance because it's his favorite band and he was willing to travel out there and bought his tickets and planned a, you know, planned a trip around it. Exactly. The, the person that you're trying to get with that last minute deal is your drive market. So limit to your drive market. That's a simple one. Yep. All right. What's the last one we have on the uh, reason one to fix? Uh, testing your frequency. And I think this is this is kind of viable for for a bunch of different types of hotels, right? So if you are a weekend destination and and you know that maybe the the weekly messaging works out best for you. Um, people, you you still have a high open rate while you're sending weekly emails. Think, just just look at your data and see what that tells you. Um, if you are a once in a lifetime destination, maybe less frequency for for you. Um, but frequency varies hotel to hotel, and you need to be very keen to to understand what what's going on with your typical guest. If 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 you need to be sending more often or less often, uh, it, it all comes back to data. Yeah, it, it does come back to the data because we often have hotels ask us, should I do a weekly newsletter? Should I do a monthly newsletter? And the question, the answer is always, it depends. What do your guests want? If you pull from a, a local audience, maybe a lot more frequent sends make a sense. If you are a destination only and people come to you once every year or two, you may want to consider revamping that strategy and having less emails, but with more value per email. So look at your list and always be testing, ABT. Make sure that if if you do a send, you look at your performance. If it's going down, you do less. If it's going up, you continue doing more until you find that sweet spot. And, and, and think about this on a per segment basis, right? Because again, if you're if you're sending out an email about a special at your restaurant's hotel, you send it to existing guests and maybe people who have booked and live within 10 to 20 miles of your property willing to drive in, that type of thing. So just, just think about frequency and the segments that you're sending most frequently to and least frequently to. Absolutely. So that's the first reason people are unsubscribing or abandoning your emails. The second reason is you're just not delivering what you're delivering, excuse me, should I say, is not matching what your guests expect. So look at it this way. When somebody signed up for your newsletter, be it a a reservation, someone on the first visit pop-up, whatever it might have been, you made a promise to that subscriber when they joined that they were going to get something specific. It may have been deals or news or contests. It really doesn't matter what they think you promised. You promised something. And you always need to check yourself to make sure that you're delivering on that initial promise. You didn't check yourself, Pete. Because if you got to check yourself. you got to wreck before yourself. <laughs> before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Well, everybody who's listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, my unsubscribe rate's skyrocketing. It's because they wrecked yourself. themselves. They did. So. <laughs> 
But yeah, any anytime you your messaging starts to deviate from what your promise of what you're going to send, you're going to start losing subscribers. And when you hear the word subscribers, that equals future guests, and you don't want to do that. So you always think about that. You make sure that you're delivering on the promise. But something else to consider as well is you may be delivering on the promise, but you might just be boring. And that's something to consider as well. Make sure that you're having fun with your emails. If you're a resort destination or if you are a place where people are going to something else they need to stay at your property, make sure that you're conveying the same feeling that the guest is going to get when they're at your property. If you are a property in Kissimmee outside of Disney, you don't want to have a very bland message. It needs to be a a Disney magical type message. That's going to be different for each property based on where they're at. But if you're boring, people are okay not opening a message or ignoring a message completely and unsubscribing if they're not having any fun. So... Yeah, but you can also create content, again, to certain groups of people based on what you know about them. Do you know the people who came to stay at your beach destination for spring break? Well, they probably are looking for uh, a, a fun type message where, you know, maybe the people who booked right after school was out and they booked a room with six children and you know whatever it is, that's a family vacation. You send them a different type of message. So what what do you know about people? Do you know? that they're they came on a family vacation will you send them family vacation messaging and do you know that they came to your property to have a blast in your city then you send them that type of messaging or do you know that they came to stay with you for their wedding then you know for maybe an anniversary then you can hit them with a hey your anniversary is coming up why don't you come stay with us again for your next anniversary type email Dude, that's dead on. So so one of the things I, I like to see people do is move away from one-off sins and move toward triggered sins. If someone stayed with you for a wedding, they're gonna they may very well want to come back in not six months. They're gonna want to come back in exactly 365 days. If it was an anniversary, whatever it might have been, make sure that your email platform and whatever AI or machine learning or just old fashioned coding that you're using takes that into account because if you can personalize down to Phil state at this property in this type of room for this specific reason, and I can hit them again, it makes so much more sense to bring that person back at that time versus going back to number one, the spray and pray technique of just, you know, come back, come back, come back, come back because it's not relevant to you anymore. Like you said, it's it's boring. I'm sorry, I've unsubscribed some so many hotel emails because, well, I may never be coming back to your destination again. But also, you're filling up my inbox with garbage. You're not hitting me with messaging that applies to why I stayed there in the first place. It's just don't don't lose people because of that. Yeah. Well, so here's the cool thing, Phil. When we get to the solution for not delivering on the promise of content, you can start right now. Go ahead and deliver on that promise if it's to, and I'll say it, regardless of what type of your property you have, you need to entertain that prospective guest and get them excited, give them valuable information in their inbox. Make sure, I would say, that you look at your analytics and see which messages are getting opened. That's a great precursor to 
which ones aren't going to get unsubscribed from. If I'm opening every email I get, there's a 0% chance I'm unsubscribing from it. You're going to see me go dormant way before I get tired and I just hit the unsubscribe button. You know, in my case in Google, where I never even go to your website to, to do the unsubscribe process. So look at your CTR. And if you start seeing it drop, odds are you're getting boring, you're not entertaining, or you're not just being irrelevant to your guest. So, so for that reason, I wanted to also share a couple things that are helpful to make your content fun. And the very first one is exclusive deals. At the end of the day, this is a financial transaction and people want to make sure they're getting the best deal. Your email subscribers should always get your best available rate no matter what. And preferably they get the straight up best deal that you have because they're the ones that you're talking to directly. It's not through an intermediary. You're not paying extra to reach them. So go ahead and give them the best deal that you possibly can. And, and just kind of taking a step in a different direction on this, Pete, um, if you're creating an exclusive deal for your email subscribers, send them to a dedicated landing page create an audience out of people who have visited that landing page so you can take it out of the email platform and do a different channel. Like, okay, I have a group of users who have visited X page. Let me hit them with display ads or maybe remarketing this for search ads for, you know, PPC status. I think you can, you can take your email efforts and make it work in other areas of marketing. This is a, this is a huge one because if you're showing them an exclusive deal, and they click in and they see it and they visit the page, you know, what if they accidentally delete that email and they come back and search your brand and now they can't find it again? Well, if you know them and you're you're hitting these people with a certain type of messaging on email, you can also carry that messaging over to your to your other marketing. I, I think that's invaluable. Exactly. So what else can we be doing? Uh, just be be fun. What sells your property? You know what sells your property. You know, who's staying with you? Is it is it the business traveler? Well, maybe your content needs to cater to why the business traveler comes to your area and what they can do. Is it uh, a family? Um, you know what's fun for a family? What makes a family vacation easier? And how can you speak to those people? Um, I think there's there's many different types of travelers, but if you're speaking to what they think is fun or what makes your property stand out uh, compared to all the other hotels in your town, you know, be be that property, be the be the be the fun that your guest wants to see. Yep. The the, the moment people start having positive interactions with you, be it on the web, in person, via email, the more they're going to connect and a person who's connected to you is going to want to stay with you. So, so be fun. I think what the way you said that was great. Other thing I would say is personalization. Rarely ever should an email go out. That's not personalized in some way for your guest. Even if it's just, Hey, Phil, we enjoyed seeing you last year. Wouldn't you like to come back for your anniversary? But if you don't screw that up, please don't screw that up. If you see high first name in an email because of some mistyped code, Oh goodness, you're you're in yes, for it. Yeah, yeah. Get with your dev team, or if you're doing it yourself, test it. Actually, test send it. a message to yourself because if you're high valued hotel guest, <laughs> guess what? You're not a valued hotel guest because you don't know my name. 
I'd and much rather you, you just that, say, hi, how are you? <laughs> if you think valued hotel guest is personalization, you need to take a step back and look at what other companies are doing in terms of personalization and realize that you have no idea what you're doing. At least be personable on a first name level with someone who's paid to stay with you before, likely. Well, if, if you look at it in terms of PMS integration and point of sale integration, if I know Phil likes to come to this property, he stays in an angle oceanfront suite 4B, and he goes and drinks Sweetwater IPA at the bar, in a perfect world, I say, hey, Phil, it's coming up on your anniversary. Good news, we have you know unit 4B, whatever it was, for X amount per Per night and when you stay you get a ten dollar bar credit which you can use towards sweetwater ipa bam done if, if you, know you can what? do that I'm there yeah if, if you can do that you've got a booking that might be a little bit extreme because phil drinks whatever beer he can find <laughs> <laughs> but the point is is if you can get to that level you're engaging the person it's fun and we talked about exclusive deals before this is an exclusive deal specifically to phil and phil only which is honestly the, the the best scenario you can get to it makes me feel better at least the, you know i know the company i'm interacting with has taken the time to and i understand this i understand how automation works and i understand how you can pull in different things to an email but it feels really personal and it feels like they care because they put in the effort to make sure that it was personalized to me yep all and right then, we're good i was gonna say there's there's one more on this and I, I dig this one, Pete. I think uh, people, people like winning things. And you put contests on this list. And I think contests are so fun. And I am a sucker for them. So please tell me, why, should, why do you need to send contest emails? Okay, so, so this, this is my rationale behind it. People like winning things. And you have people on your list and that means your list will enjoy winning things. So, get, do contests where people can win stuff. This is this is that. Hey, spin the wheel to see what your discount's gonna be on you know, whatever. Doesn't matter yeah. what product it is. How many? I mean, I'm sure you've all have seen those before. But this is this is something that's engaging. It yeah. gets people to uh, to to. To open something, can I? Can oh, I can win something. Let me let me open this. Or, you know, if you if you back to delivering what your guests expect. If you know somebody has engaged with something like that spinning wheel on your website and given you the email address to spin the wheel to see what they win, hit them with contest type emails. That person has shown love for that format. I am that person. Yeah, and everybody is. That's the cool thing. Because So we have this one client that will do a Instagram photo of the, of the month. And it's it's basically random. If there's a someone posts a decent photo to Instagram and they you know use a tag for the property, they'll show the photo on their email and they'll say such and such or at such and such has one, contact us. What that does is one, everybody wants to start posting to Instagram. And two, everybody wants to open the email because you have to reach out and say, hey, I was featured in it. And it, it's that perfect combination of great content because people love seeing personalized photos. 
people love absolutely seeing their own photo. And if you can combine those two, you get people opening up emails month after month after month. In my own perfect uh, specific example, I'm a member of a, a forum and that forum sends out a newsletter and they give away a prize each each month. I open the email, I hit command F and I search for my username just to see if it appears. If it does, I'm like, sweet, I won something. If it doesn't appear, I'll probably read the email, but I open every single one of those emails and you want to create that level of fandom as well. Can can you give participation trophies? Can you make everybody win, Pete? So, oh, hey, Susie Q, you posted an Instagram photo and you won. Here's a 20% discount on your stay. What that a great personalization. So giving it to everybody. <laughs> That's phenomenal personalization. And yes, that is absolutely what we should be doing. And I'm going to be getting with that client on Monday and getting that solved. <laughs> I love it, dude. Honestly, that's the best marketing tip of the day. Uh, so, all right. So we have one more reason why people are unsubscribing from your newsletter list. And it's not a bad reason. So this is actually the one reason that's actually pretty helpful. Perhaps your subscribers should never have been on your list to start with. So everyone likes to play the size game. Say, hey, I have the biggest email marketing database at the chamber, whatever it might be. And list size does not matter. Performance is all that matters. <laughs> and my goal is to get by this without Phil giggling. But I, I can't. I, I, I failed. <laughs> but yeah, I it, it, it's true. It's, it's, not your, it's not the size. It's how you use it, right? Stop <laughs> laughing, Phil. So too many hoteliers have just jammed as many records as possible into their list. You know, if, if they go to a chamber event, if they go to a trade show, whatever it might be, they just want to dump as many emails as they possibly can into their database. But the problem is, is that at no point to use, you know, going back to Melissa and what she said is at no point can you put email database into your bank account. No point can you put users or visits or whatever it is into your bank account. You have to convert it to revenue. And if you have irrelevant records in your database, <clears throat> excuse me, not only is it impacting your deliverability because they're not opening your messages, which hurts the algorithms, but you're also opening yourself up to all kinds of problems. I would much rather see a database of a thousand true fans and subscribers than a, rec a database of 10,000 people. And I got to figure out which thousand actually care, right? Well, it makes your marketing easier, right? If, if if you can segment properly like properly like we talked about earlier it it makes everything better you can personalize better you can you know use, you're sending the the correct message to the correct person at the correct time better when you have unnecessary people junking up your data essentially uh, your email data it makes things more difficult so this is where you know a list purge comes in handy you know it has has somebody not opened your email in two years, three years? Maybe it's time to remove them from your list. Um, or maybe it's just time to send those particular people a message. Do you still want to be on this list or not? Um, this is this is the type of thing where uh, you have to be able to know who you're talking to in you know, someone may have given you an email address because they absolutely had to, like at check-in. You know, we are we are collecting email addresses at check-in for a reason. But you know, 
three years have passed, four years have passed. Phil hasn't opened a single email. Quit sending Phil emails. Well, and it gets expensive too. And I think people right. forget this part when we talk about emails not actually free. There's actually a hard cost in terms of delivery that's typically on a cost per thousand basis. But we have one client who their database is somewhere, I want to say around four to 500,000 records, which when you start doing the math on that becomes expensive if you want to send to them on a weekly basis. And what we were able to do is say, the people who get a message on a weekly basis are only the people who have opened a message and, and interacted within the past six months. If not, they get moved to a secondary list and we only send to them at a certain frequency because it's not worth hurting your, your database, annoying your customer, and just spending this the raw money that it takes to de- deploy four to 500,000 records. It's, it's right. crazy. And, and, and think about the emails that you send all the time, right? So if you're smart and you've listened to us, you send anniversary emails to get a guest to come book during a certain time of the year because you know that they stay during a certain time of the year. If someone hasn't opened that message, maybe don't send it to them next year. Cut them off the list. But if someone opens that message, you create a specific segment of people who have opened my anniversary emails and you make sure that you send those people one every year. Exactly. That's that's dead on. Beyond that, you also have to consider the fact that if someone doesn't know that they're on the list, so they came from the trade show email database, which is the lowest of the low. I, but, I get a business card. Yeah, but here's the thing is you're opening yourself up because every place either has Canada has Castle, California has the CCPA, the United States in general has CanSpam, EU has GDPR. There's all these other privacy laws out there. And if you are abusing the customer's email, again, not your email, that is on you and you could be in hot water legally if you don't focus on that. And I think we've already kind of covered a lot of the solutions, you know, to make sure you're just adopting best practices. If you can, and I, well, I don't say if you can, you should have some type of double opt-in. You know, they, they want to opt-in, they have to either proactively hit a checkbox to opt-in, they have to confirm their email address, you know, in another email, whatever it might be. You feel like you're putting up a barrier, but all you're doing is putting up the lowest hurdle possible so that somebody who wants your information can get it and you can weed out the people who are inadvertently signing up and don't actually want to get your data. Because- Pete, I'll add, Pete, I'll add to that a little bit. Um, also, make sure your unsubscribe works. I can't tell you how many email things that I've unsubscribed from and from whatever crazy little platform that these people are using and it just doesn't work. It doesn't operate properly. And I still get emails from something that I've actively unsubscribed from. So what happens next time when you know that the unsubscribe button doesn't work? You use Gmail for our corporate or personal email. What what button do you hit? Uh, mark as spam. And when I said unsubscribe is the, the death sentence of an email, the mark as spam button in Gmail is that times 10. Because oh my God. now not only have you unsubscribed that user... But Google's giving you a slap on the wrist, and it's going to get worse. Well, yeah, your email's just not going to go out to the people you want it to because if you have people marking you as spam, oh, you, that's dead. 
That's yeah. dead because now I've, I've honestly seen emails in my spam folder when I went to go check, you know, for, for Pete's spammy email and I had to go find it in my spam folder. Um, I've seen hey. other things in there. I was like, hey, you know, I, I, I wanted it. Why is that in my spam folder? Probably because a bunch of people marked it as spam because they say, you know, something like their unsubscribe was was broken. So yeah. be careful of that as well. Yeah, you're doing a dance with the ESPs and you want to make sure that you don't piss them off too much because it, it will hurt and it takes a long time if you even notice that you're having a problem. And that's the other thing too is a lot of times they're not going to tell you that after the email is marked as delivered, it's going into spam. So keep that in mind. Well, those are the three things, but we never want to just leave with just what we say. We want to have one bonus tip and fill you Surprise and delight. It's surprise and delight, but you've actually led into this already. Is Here's the bonus tip. Offer to make things right before someone has to unsubscribe. Yes, your unsubscribe button should work. If it does work, you want to give people the option to custom craft whatever their messaging profile is to what works best for them. The one that I really like is Spotify. So, you know, that's typically what I listen to from a music perspective. And I got tired of receiving just countless emails. So I said, I'm done. Unsubscribe. I didn't actually have to unsubscribe because they then brought me to a page that says, yeah, we're sorry that we've overwhelmed you. You know, let us know what you want to receive and we'll only send you those. So I unsubscribe from Spotify news and offers. I unsubscribe from con- uh, concert notifications and artist updates. I didn't care about any of that stuff. The only thing I wanted to know was, you know, product news. If there was something important I need to know about my Spotify account and I hit save. They saved me from unsubscribing from all their messages by letting me unsubscribe from the messages that were irrelevant. I, I love this. And Spotify did such a great job with this. And we know uh, a handful of our, you know, uh, our hotel clients do a similar thing where I, I shouldn't say hotel clients, um, the DMO type clients do a similar thing where like, what do you want to learn from us? And when do you want deals? Do you want do you want fall deals because you stay in my destination in the fall? Do you want spring deals because you stay in my destination in the spring? Well, we're only going to send you those things. But this is the best way to get someone from unsubscribing from everything. Like to just just tell me what you want, and I'll only send you what you want to see. Yeah, I mean Bonobos uh, Bonobos is a good example as well. They'll let you just unsubscribe for couple months yeah hey i'm good i don't need anything else just take me off the list but just take me off the list for a couple months and i think that's another great solution as well yeah those those type of things it's just you know your guest you know you know the type of people that are signing up for your emails you can craft one of these things like all right well what do you want to hear from us you know what type of emails you're sending so if you're sending a weekly deal and you're getting a bunch of unsubscribes Give people an option to say, take me off the weekly deal. I don't care. Give me a yearly deal. It's simple. What you don't want to have happen is all of the countless dollars that you've invested in creating this relationship with a hotel guest. You don't want that all to get flushed down the toilet because you had to hammer weekly deals, weekly deals, weekly deals. For us, let's say that it's a Charleston, South Carolina hotel. I don't need to send weekly deals to anybody west of the Mississippi. The reality is they're not coming 
for a weekly deal, they're going to come for some type of monthly offer that we offer that is more long-term because they're going to have to think a little bit more about jumping on a plane to get here. I, I think that's that kind of goes back to the personalization. It goes back to let's take a look at what's the makeup of your email database. It's very, very likely that it is past guests. So take a look again. Take a look at what your cost per acquisition was for uh, average hotel guests. That is what an email cost you. So treat it that way. You know, give people the right message at the right time. Give them the deals that they want to see, or give them the the messaging that they want to see throughout the lifetime, and then you're you won't have to deal with the the unsubscribes. Yeah, that's that's the truth right there. If you, it comes down to res, respect the consumer who's letting you share their email address, and everything will, will kind of work out from there. But uh, so if you want to learn more about this. Check out travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 199. We've got these notes. But even better, if you want to go ahead and click on the, the article itself, which is travelboommarketing.com slash blog, and then find your emails are failing, your hotel's guest, here's what you need to do to, or to fix it. Uh, so, so both those ways are great ways to kind of learn more about this. I would say just to focus on your emails and don't become blind to the fact that it's actually a phenomenal asset if you don't completely screw it up. But uh, so that's episode one ninety nine in the books. Phil, what do you think? Pete, this is a good one. I think um, I think a lot of our listeners are going to take take something out of this and hopefully clean up some of their email marketing. We know email marketing kind of gets tossed by the wayside sometimes, but realistically it's one of the most profitable avenues that you have if you do it properly. Um, yep. Eliminating unsubscribes, like we said, reach the right people at the right time with the right message. Yep, absolutely. So I've got two things. Uh, people abuse emails because they think it's free. Phil, from your perspective, if you think about pay-per-click, if you knew that you had a three dollar or dollar whatever it might be cost per click you would be very careful at the click that's generated but people forget that they've already earned the email that they forget that they have to actually deliver on the promise that they made yeah that's 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 such a good comparison yeah compare compare what you've done with your email to your other marketing avenues that's perfect perfect yep and then the other thing that i would leave everybody with is Let's say you have 10,000 records in your hotel database. I would postulate that you don't have one database of 10,000 records. You have 10,000 databases of one record. And if you can talk to Phil, if you can only talk to Phil, that's the person in your database. Because as, as Pete, I don't care what Phil wants. And Phil probably doesn't care what I want. So... That's that's my second leave behind. That's 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 really good, Pete. You know, that, as that, that's like, deep thoughts by Jack Handy level. Right? Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, personalize as much as you possibly can in the most intimate ways that you can, be based on the, what you know about your guests. Just you know, treat email that way because realistically, if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna lose a ton of your database to to unsubscribes. Or people will just stop opening it. 
Or, like we said, worst case scenario, you start getting tossed in spam, and then you can't send to anybody. So be careful. Yep. So, perfect. Well, hey, Phil, where can they find more about Phil and your Sweetwater IPA addiction? <laughs> uh, find me on LinkedIn, people, at Phil Fariska on, on LinkedIn, at P. Fariska on Twitter. Um, email us. I'll, I'll see it if you send it to us at info at travelboommarketing.com. And, and hey, if you want to be a guest uh, on, on this show, if you think you have something to bring to the table, reach out to us on, on LinkedIn at Travel Boom or you know, reach out to me personally. I, I, I love having discussions with other people in the industry. So I love it. it. Yeah. And here's, I think we're going to be evolving in that direction as well. I think we have a couple, maybe at least two or three guests lined up that are going to be joining us on the podcast, which is great because everybody knows we went through a lot of changes with you know Stuart no longer being with the company and Melissa no longer being with the company. We want to make sure we change, and we're seeing a great opportunity with, with guests. So if you want to join us, let us know. If you have feedback, obviously let us know that as well. But uh, if you just want to communicate with us, hey, hit us up at travelboommarketing.com podcast at travelboommarketing.com or any of our Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn profiles. You can find us all there. Uh, you can find me at Pete DeMeo at either LinkedIn or Clubhouse, though relatively rarely. I'm not sure what's happening with Clubhouse. But uh, yeah, collectively, we're all here at Travel Boom Marketing. So, so there you go, Phil. That is everything for the less than 200 episodes of the, the Hotel Marketing Podcast. Everything here is 200 and up. Yep, absolutely. So, hey, don't worry. We're going to be back next time with more hotel news, tips, and tricks, and AMAs, and, and so much and more. Special guests. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Travel Boom is out. <laughs>